me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. Sorry. <laughs> you tell him that I'll have his money when I'm damn well ready. What is going on over there? You will deal with that Atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian! I think he broke it. What you made me do? And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Now the time has come for all the two clothes overthrow the WWE Universe. About eight months ago, I took a leave of absence and within weeks unexpectedly had an opportunity of a lifetime. I had the privilege to return as co-CEO and chairwoman of the board of WWE. I cannot put into words how proud I am to have led what I consider to be the greatest company in the world, working alongside a remarkable leadership team and one of the strongest executives I have ever known in my, in my wait, I have ever known in my co-CEO, Nick Khan. Our founder, our founder, I was doing so well. Our founder, Vince McMahon, has returned as executive chair and is leading an exciting process regarding strategic alternative. And with Nick's leadership and Triple H as chief content officer, I'm confident WWE is in a perfect place to continue to provide unparalleled creative content and drive maximum value for shareholders. WWE is in such a strong position that I have decided to return to my leave and take it one step further with my official resignation. I look forward to cheering on WWE from the other side of the business where I started when I was a little kid as a pure fan. I'll always remain dedicated to WWE. I truly love our company, our employees, our superstars, our fans, and I am grateful for all of our partners. Thank you for everything. Then, now, forever, together, Steph. So not only has Steph, has Stephanie McMahon, um, stepped down again from her position. She just straight up threw in there. Also, my resignation. I'm out of there. This is this is breaking news to us on the show, folks. It came out a couple minutes ago. Uh, she's done. She's gone. I, 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 I didn't know about the resignation part until I read that live because I only skipped over it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No. I uh, I don't even know. I don't know what to say. Well, I don't know what to say anymore. You you guys, I, I'm. I just would like Vince to stay the fuck home. Uh, there's other factors going on. I don't care. I don't care about the sale. Go home. Um, Craig, you you and Chris uh, take over for a little bit, and I'll I'll just enter <laughs> and I'll be third mate for a little bit. I'm so <laughs> distraught. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have any thoughts, Chris? Because we last, I think one of the last times we were on, it was you were on, it was when we talked about uh, Vince saying goodbye. Um, mm -hmm. And that enabled Stephanie to step into this role. Because if you remember, um, she quit or she was fired the last time she had that role. 
when Vince was still in charge. Well, it was never, she was never like officially fired, right? She yeah. Was, she was, she took a leave of absence, which probably yeah. means she was pushed out mm-hmm. at the time. Um, you know, you know, I don't know. I guess we got to reset here because the whole thing surrounding this it all starts from the fact that Vince McMahon is back <laughs> by virtue of being the share, the guy who controls 81% of WWE. He, he can do whatever the hell he wants. And, and he basically staged a coup. I don't know if you can, to the extent you can have a coup when you own 81% of the, of the company. Uh, <laughs> And I think, in this case, I think Stephanie saw the writing on the wall, or maybe was told what the writing on the wall was, and decided the that uh, discretion was better fire valor and take, uh, and just said, "No, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. You're not gonna let me even take, have make it a year before I can, uh, to try to make this my own. Um, and you're gonna, and you're gonna come back, and you're gonna, gonna be executive chairman again. I, I think she just said, "No, I'm done." I'm done. You're going to sell the company anyway, so there's no real reason for me to stick around. I think, but when you said he's he's back, um, Chris, and I know that that sh- that sent shockwaves throughout the wrestling world, especially in the WWE, and especially got to guys like like William Regal, uh, who was like, "Oh, God, that's the reason why I left in the first place," and now he's back. <laughs> oh, <it's> getting kind of <laughs> yeah. I think he's back, namely, specifically because they're getting ready to sell the company. And he wants to be the guy that makes the deal to whomever buys it. I think that's the sole reason why he's back, because he comes back and the next thing you know, who uh, what what insurance company is involved with it? Um, God damn it. I just I just read it. This is also breaking news. Um, that just got involved with the the WWE's at Time Warner, and no, it wasn't Time Warner. It was some lawyer f- firm. I should have researched this, but I should have been more prepared uh, for this coming on uh, the air today. I apologize. I got Golden Globe fever, and I was really into that before we went on the air. So, for that, I apologize. But my my point is that a comp- a uh, strategic uh, law firm or business got involved with the WWE. As recently as yesterday, or or less than twenty four hours ago, which means that the sale is imminent, and which means if if Vince is gonna, if anyone's gonna sell it, it's gonna be him, and he gets final say over who they sell it to. That's I think the sole reason why he's coming back, and a lot of people like me were scared, but Vince coming back does not mean that you know that the return of of all the stupid shit that we let that we hated when Vince was here, um, and that kind of stuff, and all the all the guys that Triple H brought back are now going to be shipped off again. That's not what it means. Vince coming back just means a sale of imminent. Go ahead, Dan. J.P. Morgan. Thank you. Fuck. JP, yeah. I was trying yeah. to help you out. That's what I no, you you did, and I I I knew that ahead of time. I wanted to bring that to the our discussion tonight, and of course, I could fucking completely forgot. Well, when you said it, I'm like, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I can't tell yes. you. And it's like, I know it's the name. I know because I kept thinking every time I hear the name, I think Gong Show, Gong Show. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, J.P. Morgan getting involved with WWE like within uh, within less than a day of Vince um, 
coming back, that's very suspicious. So Steph stepping down is uh, just her way of kind of getting out of the way for when the sale goes down. This does not going to affect wrestle the, the the WWE product inferior as it is, you know, on on TV and Raw and SmackDown. Triple H is still the man in that regard, but as I Vince coming back is just uh, part of the a sale, and Steph just doesn't want to be on that end of it, and she doesn't. I guess she doesn't want to get any honor. Uh, but there's also I don't know if you guys saw this. Vince coming back also is a is some sort of breach of contract, or it can cause uh, a lawsuit in and of itself because um, Vince left because of the many sexual misconduct allegations that were levied against him, charges that he's never refuted, denied, apologized for had made any type of no accountability uh, no accountability at all <laughs> and if you leave the company because of that and then you just come back without recognizing that or acknowledging that or assuring the board that this is you're still someone that you can operate with under good faith that's cause for a lawsuit yeah. so that's those wheels are already well, in motion go ahead Chris. you also have to remember that this Vince McMahon is still under investigation by the SEC and I think the U.S. Attorney's Office. So this, he's not out of the woods. Not at all. You know, this is this is this. He's still very much in legal jeopardy. And the this is really just I mean, it, it's it's a strong arm play. I don't think I mean, it could be ego. This is Vince McMahon we're talking about. It's very much it could be very much an ego thing where I'm not selling this company unless I'm in charge of said company. But the fact of the matter is, he would have had final sign off on any sale anyway because he is the majority shareholder. Right. Uh, well, so he, does it matter if he has to sit he, there? Then who gives a shit? He well, does. He, I mean, he does. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what we said. That's, this this is though. what it comes down to. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 if they were going to sell the company, he would have to approve it. That's how that, that's how public company sales work. You have, you, the boards agree to, the boards agree to the terms of the sale, and then it's put before the shareholders to vote on it. Now, if you, if you go to the SEC filings for this in the last week for WWE and you read the letters to, um, that Vince sent to the board and the board sent back to Vince and Vince sent back to the board again before he just said, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to do what I want. Um, he he basically says, like, look, I'm just cutting out the middleman here. You're going to have to get my approval anyway. I'm just going to be involved. I'm just going to be there right, right from the start, and we're going to get this done, and it's going to be negotiated to how I want it, and we'll have we'll have shareholder approval, and you whoever the whoever does end up buying it um already knows that I'm on board. And there's no no big fight. Now, in principle, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> the board's point was, uh, hey, you're still under investigation. You're probably going to get sued. We don't want you to come back. Right. <laughs> and yeah. to which Vince basically replied, don't care. Coming back anyway. Yeah. You're fine. You're out. You're out. Here's, the, here's these two people I, I heard about that were, that were my cronies before. We're putting them in and then two other guys quit. And now Stephanie quits, which 
to me, I, I mean, I, 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 I see your point, Craig, about Stephanie just wanting to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she just, I think she's just done. She, I think she's she just had basically, it. Yeah, she's had it. I mean, she, she was not given. She was given the keys to the kingdom in the worst possible way, right? <laughs> that this fell upon her. Mm-hmm. Ostensibly, she, she has shepherded this along with Nick Khan for the last eight months. Ratings by all measures are relatively stable. There's they've had successful live events. Quality of the product has improved by other people's measures. Mm-hmm. And Vince basically just couldn't stay at home. He couldn't he couldn't give up the control no. enough Which to do that. And he knew, and this this was I don't know if I I don't know if I mentioned this back before. This was always a possibility. You because you did. We all he, talked about it last time, Chris. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was always a possibility. You know, if this was a private company, mm-hmm. it would have been an entirely different thing. Yes. But and, and ultimately that's that's where, where this should have gone. This mm-hmm. company is not a public company by any reasonable measure. It's yeah, there's some public money that has gone into WWE, but the controlling interests are it's a family business, right? It's, right. And it's Vince's business and he runs it how he wants. Yeah. And I mean, I can't think of I can I'm sure it's happened, but I can't think of a of a situation in recent memory with major public companies where someone just came in and said, Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking over. Yeah. Gonna gonna do it my way and, and this is how it's gonna be. I, I just can't remember. It's crazy from, from a from a legal perspective. Like, I mean the board was completely right to say no. No, no, you shouldn't come back. Just, <laughs> we'll we'll pay we'll pay you all the dividends. You get all the money. Yeah. But no, we you should not come back because I mean, <laughs> it, it, which is another reason I'm going to get you know continuing to be uh, to harp on this a little bit. No, go ahead. You know, from a business perspective, mm-hmm. a sale as quickly as possible is the best possible thing they can do right now. Yes. The the quicker they can get Vince out of controlling. The company, mm-hmm. the less likely there is to be some sort of SEC crackdown or punishment to WWE um, if this happens. If they can get, if they can turn this around in the next month and say we're we're selling the company, that's the only reason Vince came back. He wanted to put his stamp on the negotiations. SEC might be okay, fine, whatever. We're still we're probably still going to find the crap out of Vince for yeah for his accounting uh, gas from before, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Right, Dan. So why do you think, Chris, why do you think nobody on the board said, nah, don't, no, we're, you're not coming back. Stay home. Do, Be- do they do they even <laughs> have the power to do that? It was, no, it's, it's, just... it's because they're, they're, they had no power. That was the whole point, right? Vince basically came in and said <laughs> – you know, I'm I'm not going to be an exact expert on this, but if you read the filings of what the SEC, the filings that WWE did, basically how I read it is, Vince said, "Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to change the rules of the corporation because I can, and I control the share. It would have to be put to a vote of the shareholders. Oh wait, I control 81. percent I'm going to do what I want, and." He basically the board was in a position where there's no independence, right? So even if they 
the, the, I mean, they. I think they basically were unanimous, if I read the letter correctly, when they sent the letter back to Vince and said, we don't think you should come back. We don't think that's in the best interest of our shareholders. Mm-mm. And Vince basically said, don't care. And then two board members are, are basically gone because basically he voted them out. Right. As, as I read, he, he voted two, two board members out and he put the, the two people from before Barros and wherever the other person is in, in their seats. And then two other people resigned from the board. Yeah, and the two, mem- the two board members he voted out were the ones that were that investigated him in the first place. Yeah, right. Exactly. So they're all they're all connected. Mm-hmm. They're all cronies of, of Vince. So it, it really what the situation here is the board can say, yeah, we can say no. They can say no. Vince is just going to outvote him. And Vince basically said they Vince could change call basically call a meeting and basically vote every single one of them out if he wanted to. Yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. The Vince, ha- the board had no real power mm-hmm. except that which Vince allowed them to have. Right. Well, the you know, the other question goes, and we speculated a little bit of this on on Twitter uh, since. We're pretty much all in agreement that Vince is coming back solely because the company is about to be sold and Vince wants final say on who the company gets sold to or the the people that the prospective buyer was like, well, we're not going to do it unless, you know, we get unless Vince is the guy in charge because either like, I don't know these other people, but Vince, I know Uh, who is who do we think that the WWE is going to be? Who's going to buy the WWE? I mean, I think it largely depends on whether or not you believe that that's the deal Vince is angling for. Okay. If he's angling for the Dana White UFC deal, where yeah. he sells the company, um, maybe takes a minority share share of it, mm-hmm. uh, and gets a basically a basically gets to run the place. Um, there's a there's a couple that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, one is uh, the parent company of the UFC, Endeavor. Right. Um, there, they. You know, you could you could see that being a nice bolt on for them, um, a well uh, a profitable combat sports company. Um, I think I believe that there a number of WWE talent is already under their management. Um, so I think that's that's definitely a possibility. The other possibility that's been thrown thrown around, and I don't know how this works, um, was the Saudi investment fund. Ugh. Um, they would <laughs> yeah. probably say, no, go, go ahead, do what you want. Oh. Um, and oh, you know that gets into a whole another that gets into a whole mess of complications, and God only knows what happens because once it. Especially if it starts, if it if it's if it's under the Saudi government and it becomes a Saudi corporation, God, I don't even know what the rules are. <laughs> you know, whatever you thought the rules were, just gonna be completely out the <laughs> window. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what the rules are at that point. So, is, um, it, is that what you're leaning, Dan? I was not. I was leaning out of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I don't. From a basic point of view, the very absolute minimum, 
I don't want Vince in charge of a popcorn stand anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I, I don't like him. I don't have to like him. He's done so. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. That was 30 years ago. Let's talk about all the 500 other things that he did or promises broken or just awful shit that he done uh, in the 50 years. Starting with promising your your enemies not to destroy wrestling, which is essentially what he did. We could debate the Monday or the new ratings wars till we're all blue in the face. Wrestling is not in better shape without these systems. Now, this is weird coming from a guy who's always like, you know, time to evolve, move on. Somebody explain to me how this is better. It's not. I, but by any objective measure, it's not. I mean, I mean, I think, I mean. <laughs> you have one company making money. Uh, one company is a publicly traded company. Mm-hmm. One. Yeah. The amount of money, I don't like, I I don't like Jim Cornette. Right, we just don't see the eye to eye the last couple of years. However, mm-hmm. the historian he is when he goes through the money and the ratings, you cannot argue that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I like a good percentage of the in ring action more than I did when I was a kid? Yes, of course, absolutely. I like the variety. I, I think as far as in ring, this was going to happen whether or not. We're still in the territory system or a modified version of it. You cannot deny just last time, Craig, you, yeah. I know it, you can't argue with me. You can try. <laughs> uh, you can't argue on this subject. Uh, more, most subjects that have to do with TV, I would never debate you because you are <laughs> the king. of. You literally have a one man show about TV. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go, oh, Craig, I think you're incorrect. Um, but you can't go. You can't tell me. Mm-hmm. That it's in better shape when how many millions of people watched Ricky Dozan and Luthez? Yeah. And then go, well, you know, they almost hit a million this week on TNT. Who gives a shit? <laughs> so, no, uh, I do. I think there can be improvements in the creative on WWE TV. Of course. Of course, seem to be taking a few steps towards the dirt business coming back together. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, one step out, dude. When they were that that shot, I was like, "Thank you." Yeah. It was they were in the background. Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, yes, just just bring, they weren't here enough." I deemed them yeah. together for like three or four years. I just want them to be a horseman and run run rough shot over everybody. Yes. Um, but do I think there could be improvement? Of course. Do I think it's in much better shape than when old man Mac was still running the show? Yes. Yes, by country miles, sirs. I don't want Vince. I don't care about the sale. I, I, I don't care. I don't care who's running it. I don't want Vince in charge. I in agree. the worst way possible. Let's start with, let's go past the territory dis- dismantling and talk about the referee he raped. Just like Jimmy Snooker murdering his girlfriend was just something that was swept under the rug because they could. And and I, I don't hear enough people talking about that. It's just me. 
No, it's it's oh. not just you, Dan. That's the thing. Go ahead, Chris. What are you gonna say? Well, I mean, it 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 comes back down to. I mean, I think my opinion is there's a been a noticeable improvement in the product since Vince has been gone. I mean, I mean, yeah, they brought back a, a number of people that I liked. That's fine. I get it. I mean, maybe you'd like them, maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, but it 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 really doesn't matter. I mean, this <laughs> this is still a man who is under investigation. Yes, yeah, <laughs> many many the things. U.S. Attorney's Office, right? For a lot, yeah. For for who knows what they're investigating him for? Yeah, it may just not be just the hush money or the or the inappropriate political contributions for the yeah. accounting keep, scam. Yeah, and keep in it, mind all of the yes, keep in mind all the things that he's um was charged with and all the yeah that's just the stuff that we know about it's like it's like a drunk driver who's been arrested for how many times he's been arrested for for drunk driving that's how many times he's been caught which means he's been doing it a lot longer than right than what we know and yeah so we don't know what other charges are there but just to him being back uh all those allegations and all the money that he paid these women to go away and to keep their mouth shut that's Again, just the ones that we know about, and those char- and that hasn't gone away. Again, I, I he hasn't uh, shown any remorse for it. He didn't apologize for it. He didn't, I, and there's still ongoing investigations with it. And as far as the legacy of Miss McMahon, I, 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 I'm quick to remind folks about what he what he did for wrestling, how he made professional wrestling popular. No, he didn't. Professional wrestling was popular before Vince McMahon. Um, professional wrestling was selling out stadiums and arenas that I talk about on the wrestling historian every week before Vince McMahon. He made Vince McMahon's wrestling popular. He made the WWE wrestling popular. Anyone who grew up watching the NWA or Memphis or World Class knows how superior their wrestling was compared to the WWF television, even in the 80s. Uh, on the In the so-called heyday of in the Goldia age of professional wrestling, uh, you can watch uh, a mid-Atlantic TV show or Georgia Championship Wrestling. Every week, there was something happening there, and that's the kind of wrestling. Why do you think that the, the fans revolted so much when, when Black Saturday happens, when Vince McMahon showed up with his WWF crap, and he had more calls to the Atlanta switchboard in the history of TBS wanting their wrestling back? They weren't, they've never called that much to TBS to this day, not even about the Braves or the Hawks, or anything that Turner ever did. There wasn't that much outrage when Ted Turner started colorizing black and white films. The outrage came when Vince McMahon took over Saturday morning time slot, and people wanted their Gordon Soli back, because what they were seeing every week was dog shit. Kind of like what we're seeing every week right now. But compared to what wrestling, the, the wrestling that had, that was there, Vince McMahon only made WWE wrestling popular. He did not make professional wrestling popular uh, because professional wrestling has nothing to do with WWE. And that's borne out every single week, now more than ever, forever, together. <laughs> I mean, so you, you, you I mean, it, it, take a look at the man. This is the man who's basically said, basically, this whole action basically says, this is a guy who said he should have never left in the first place. Yeah. He doesn't feel any remorse. He doesn't feel like he needed to go. So, you know, he, pro- he probably he resigned because he was probably really advised he had to. 
Yeah, well, and he, he, he feels like. Yeah, yeah I'm and saying he, that he the, feels the, like he went too far. Exactly. Well, the reason why he left, he said, uh, because he got bad advice. And the people that gave him that advice, he just fired. Because in his yeah. mind, he should have never left in the first place. Because, And like you, you said from the very beginning, it is all ego. Because that's all this has been. Uh, it's been all ego. He's never apologized for anything. He thinks everything he's done is is right. He thinks the, the, the ideas he's had uh, are the best ideas he's ever, he's ever heard. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's why I think he's angling for, for to keep staying on stay on and he will eventually take over creative if he does i think that's what he's angling for i think he's he's accepting that he's probably got to sell this place this is probably and he probably knows and he's probably right that this is the best time for wwe to make a sale from a business perspective for the most profit perspective it probably is the question is how radioactive is he and we, we talked about oh the endeavor and saudis they might look past that enough to let him run the place, but Disney, Comcast, I don't know that they will. I don't know that those two companies, if they if they are indeed in the in the mix, which I bet they are, um, certainly Comcast. Um, I have a hard time believing that they leave Vincent Chart. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't. I did would not want that person under my employ. I'll buy it out from our new, I'll pay you a premium for the, for the business, but you're, you're not involved anymore. I mean, that's, that's how I would run it, but I mean, that's again. Uh, and I think, I think here's the thing. Vince could probably hold out for, for that deal or, you know, maybe he doesn't get that deal and he just says, well, I'll wait till the next media rights agreement. So he'll, they'll negotiate the media rights the next four or five years and he'll, Sell it in four or five years, <laughs> you know. But, I don't. This this is this is ego. Vince is not WWE is not leaving Vince's hands unless he wills it to. I agree, and that's the sad part. So my other question was going to be: So if Vince does find a buyer and the WWE is sold, you believe that that doesn't mean the end of Vince? Because I thought he was only coming back just to sell the company. Then he goes back into the into the phase back into the sunset. You believe that he, if he sells a company, he wants to get back on creative, because that's exactly what I think w- WWE needs is a seventy-four-year-old man, you know, running a yeah, company. I, th- I think he's, I think he's looking for the UFC angle. He's looking for the UFC deal with Dana White. Dana White basically said they kept him on, and I think here's the thing: I think Vince thinks that he was he is integral to WWE as as Dana White is to UFC, I would argue, um, as the MMA analyst emeritus of this podcast, <laughs> that Dana White is more, far more critical to to UFC than Vince is to WWE. Um, there is, uh, so I don't, I don't think from a business perspective that I need Vince to, to run this thing, but that's what Vin, I believe that Vince is holding out for that. I think that's going to be his first his first choice mm-hmm. and i think that he'll he'll look at you you just want id pay me pay me a salary and let me let me stay in charge that's the deal i want to negotiate and you get all of my all of this wwe in all its glory in merchandising and <laughs> all the other stuff and he runs it back back the way we will end up eventually back where we were that i mean i hope i'm wrong 
I hope I'm wrong. I don't. I do not think this is 100 percent how this is yeah. going to go down, but it mm-hmm. does seem likely to me that that is at least where Vince wants to go. Whether he'll get what he wants in this case from somebody who's outside of WWE, who's not a yes man, right. I don't know. I think he's toxic. He is. He's as popular as a swastika shaped shit in a synagogue. Um, but you know, some people already just know the name and will want to deal with, with that guy. If you're going to take WWE, they they and even if you you don't want anything to do with uh the Vince McMahon, you want something to do with WWE because it is a still a profitable uh company. Uh, made a billion dollars last year despite the inferior product on TV, and that's what companies look at. The bottom line, um, but uh, cash I hope you're flow. yeah, yes, cash flow, yeah. I hope you're wrong too, uh, Chris. I don't want Vince anywhere near uh, a wrestling company. I didn't want Vince anywhere near a wrestling company thirty years ago, um, and um, it that nothing good comes from it. Uh, and I'm only I'm only concerned with the uh, the creative aspect, with the TV aspect, because I'm a wrestling fan and I want to see good wrestling. I haven't seen good wrestling in many many years, and 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 the reason I didn't see good wrestling in many many years because Vince was in charge. So that's my only concern um, with with what you put on TV every week. And if that yeah. gets if it, if selling the company means that gets better, then then do it. If selling the company just means we're going to get more of the same shit, then yeah. So I mean, I guess the the next question becomes: Vince is back. What does this mean for the employees, for the wrestlers, right? And and who's going to get through? We talked about you talked about William Regal earlier. I mean, by you know, just negotiate out of the AEW deal. Yeah. And coming back to WWE and Vince is back in charge and base is going to more than likely going to, you know, if again, if this is a quick sale and, and things go, go fine, it might be fine for, it might be fine for Regal. It might be fine for all the other ones that, that got uh, laid off and come back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, but what if they laid more of people t- off? Then we could I mean, go the other have to direction. That that's possible. More budget cuts, right? You, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, if I'm a WWE employee, I'm nervous about that because if I'm trying to sell the company, I'm going to lean it out. You know, and that's what I mean. We thought Vince was doing that for a while. You know, that was we thought, thought that the whole purpose of all all the cuts was to lean it out for a sale, right? Um, you know, our and I guess W and I guess. Trips was like I need to put a good product on the on the on the show, and I don't need Omos to be the the <laughs> face of it. Um, so I mean, but I mean, I gotta believe that those the fringe guys that came back, like you know the the Anderson and Gallows and and those guys. I mean, the Johnny Gargano's I and the uh, Hit Row, Hit Row, and yeah, and all, and all those guys gotta be like. Uh, how ironclad was that contract that I signed? You know, what kind of down? You know, what do I have? What when can they release me? And I'm gonna guarantee you they can release me whenever they want. That would be my my thought. Uh, but I mean, who knows? But but now if I'm FTR, I'm not thinking I come back because look at the last time I FTR 
went through WWE. Yeah. <laughs> the revival. Well, see, you know, if, yeah. if, if I'm Adam Cole, I'm not coming back. <laughs> you know? It's Adam sense. Cole. Yeah, it's Adam Cole, baby. But um, I, I apologize. I, <laughs> <laughs> as long as I think even Kim coming back is just be for the sale only. I don't think it, as long as Triple H is still head of creative, then I, I my I don't know, and I don't know this. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just I'm think I'm hoping that Vince only comes back because he got a prospective buyer in mind. If anyone's going to sell the company to anyone else, Vince is going to be the one in charge of that. As long as he doesn't tr- touch Triple H or any of his decision and stays away from creative. Then those guys don't have anything to worry about. Then FDR can come back and Adam Cole Baby can come back. Uh, but if this is just the first step of Vince not A, coming back and then wanting to be head of creative, then there's bigger problems. But I also think I go back to like, him coming back is not, um, it's going to be met with a lot of resistance because of the ongoing investigation. And like I said, in the, I, I'll send you the tweet. This could open him up to a different lawsuit for breach of contract because when he left, he signed certain documents that said he's gone from the company. It's not just okay, I'm leaving, mm-hmm. walking out the door. Papers had to be signed, and you're and we are in agreement you are leaving the company. Yes, okay, sign here. Him coming back without addressing the the lawsuit or having any um, type of. Uh, uh, a legal agreement with what he's can do and what he can't do. Um, it's like if you got caught smoking crack at McDonald's and they want to bring you back. Well, okay, well you you can come back, but there's got to be some provisions. But you can't just walk in the door like Costanza and said, "Didn't you quit?" No, no, that was that was a joke. I'm I'm back. That kind of thing. So um, there's there's still the matter of that of what why he had to leave in the first place and that uh there's still charges that had to be uh addressed for his other indiscretions yeah, that we may not why, know about. I, that's this ultimately why, what's gonna happen. Yeah. This is why victims don't come forward. Yeah. Right. It's very true. Look, I mean to to like I said, look said that it's a very quick sale if they've already got a got a buyer lined up, it's very possible that there's a buyer already lined up. And that Vince Vince would have known about it because he they would have told him, mm-hmm. and he's probably and he he's just negotiating. This is the end stages, and there will be an announcement imminently or whatever within the next several months. Um, then yeah, I again I think it might be okay. Fine, he is the biggest show. He would have to sign off on it. Fine, but I. <clears throat> If he if it if he is trying to get into here for the long term, there are going to be problems. I'm telling you. Yeah, there's got to be problems. Most definitely. So, was there anything else? Any other topics, Dan? Did you? Oh, want to I was going to say, let's take a break and see if not take a break. Let's uh, <laughs> go to um, we'll, we'll we'll hang with Chris a little longer. Do the wrestling history. This what do we call it? What do we decide we're going to call it? This weekend, uh, this, this week in wrestling history. Yes, this week in wrestling history, we'll get a ch- give a chance, Derek, uh, for Derek to show up, and if not, we can end after that. But take over for a little bit and do your wrestling segment to this week in wrestling history, and uh, then we'll say goodbye unless uh, Mister McDonald makes it. If that's okay with Chris, of course. Is that okay with you, Chris? Sure. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yep.
I'm good. Go for it, boss. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah, so. Huh? Huh? <laughs> for what? Gentlemen for and ladies. What? Sorry. <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, while we, uh, first of all, say thank you for welcoming us into your uh, your ears and eyes for another year of HIAC Talk, Ra- Talk Radio. Happy New Year. Uh, this is the first show in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, and once again, as we go forward into the future, we find ourselves looking back with more and more fondness, which is very sad uh, because we the only time, the only place where professional wrestling fans like ourselves can find joy is when we look back to when stadiums and uh, arenas and high school gymnasiums were packed with fans of all ages. Not just white men over 25, but babies, old people, black people, uh, in all 50 states and territories ruled the roost. And TV ratings were measured in the millions instead of the hundreds of thousands. This, gentlemen and ladies, is this week in professional wrestling. Uh, we're going to go back to January 4th, a very Big night, big Monday night in wrestling <laughs> history. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> on <laughs> Raw and on Nitro. Uh, while these it, these uh, matches were going on, the Monday Night Wars were at an all-time high. Uh, we're going back to January 4th, 1999. God damn it. <laughs> uh, the first Raw of the new year, the first Nitro of the new year. And both programs came out smoking, promoting a huge main event on their perspective shows. On Nitro, it was the long-awaited, some would say, uh, showdown between Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan. While on Raw, it was corporate rock versus mankind. And both of those matches took place had an incredible ending to them one propelled the company to unforeseen heights and one doomed the other company to uh bankruptcy uh on nitro in the georgia dome uh not as big a crowd as when goldberg defeated hogan but in this hogan versus nash a big one uh, still a big one uh (laughs) 32,000 fans in the Georgia Dome. Uh, On the other side, Mankind took on The Rock. A a match that Tony Schiavone was told to say, was told to give away the ending to. And uh, when he did, we all changed the channel. But on Nitro, Hulk Hogan defeated Kevin Nash with the finger poke of doom. After two hours of a buildup with a match that we thought was going to happen and uh, turned out did not. While on the other side, Mankind, with a little help from Stone Cold Steve Austin, defeated The Rock and won his very first World Heavyweight Championship. That will propel 
Monday Night Raw to turn the tide and defeat Nitro for the first time in 83 weeks in the ratings, while Nitro, after the finger poke of doom, would see their ratings decline, <laughs> and they never caught up again. <laughs> the ratings that week, that night, January 4th, 1999, Nitro did a 5.0, Raw did a 5.7. God damn it. It's and just... the 83-week streak was over. I... I uh... Not gonna, not gonna beat this dead horse because the the horse is basically bone dust right now. Um, but I still going back and rewatching it, you know, closer together. That I disagree that it was the worst thing they've ever done. Oh no, it's, I yeah, and when I didn't you, say when it was you, no, no, not you. It's yeah, okay. it the worst idea ever. I'm like, settle down, Shockmaster. Um, <laughs> calm down, Black Scorpion. Go fuck yourself. Um. It's actually built up pretty well. Yes. It's one of the most coherent storylines that started in the summer very slowly. Sprinkled in here and there. We'll talk about long-term storylines, folks. Uh, sprinkled in and then boink. And and the, 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 the one of Nash's greatest bumps ever, by the way. Yes. <laughs> he takes it like <laughs> I think at one point they referenced JFK back into the left, back into the back left. Into the left. Back into the left. Back into the left. The problem was is most of us, including me, wanted to see Nash destroy this man. Yes. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> uh they also had that what? Movie story. Yeah, yeah. They also had the beat the 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 sound they suck at dude. You know, because it's a cliche now. Like, I worked you know, on Twitter. Go f- no, you don't work for anyone. What are you working? <laughs> are you working yourself into a, like a session with yourself later? That's not a work. Stop it. Um, they worked us because uh, most people forget this moment. Right as Nash comes out with the title, Scott Hall comes out with him for the first time in eight months. Yes. Five, five, six months, half a year. Right. And that place went nuts. Yeah. They went nuts. They went nuts all night when they were face-to-face talking about the match. You know, Hogan was going to retire because he was going to run for president. And Nash is like, you still got me, big boy. And that place went insane. And the sound that that made, as I lied and said, I'm absolutely beating this dead horse. Um <laughs> The sound I I I hear it in my sleep. How uh uh fifty thousand people going uh what? <laughs> the underlying story, of course, was is somebody um and it was Miss Elizabeth um uh, um did her own finger poke of doom and pointed at uh, Goldberg as a, uh, harassing her sexually mm. and stalking. And also, it was a funny bit of Eric Bischoff being pushed down to commentator, on which he sat there and did nothing until the finger poke, and which he went absolutely apeshit. Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> when he's getting shocked, he just when they're spray painting Goldberg, he just hear Bischoff on Mike going. <laughs> <laughs> and then they hit him with a shocker, and he goes, "Oh no, Tony!" <laughs> 
There's silence, and you just hear Bischoff start going, It is unbelievable. The new world heavyweight champion, Hollywood Hogan, the man, the myth. And they show Goldberg, and the what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> so I just, everybody is like, It's the worst thing, it's the stupidest thing. Disagree, you all suck. But I can't argue with the fact that it was literally the final straw where people are like, fuck am I watching this for? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. But, uh, and again, uh, at, on the other side of this was a guy that you and I, Craig, you know, knew from years prior, you a little longer because you were watching a little longer, a little longer, uh, a lot longer, um, was this guy who just used to be Cactus Jack. Yeah. And yes, used to be a guy who would lose his teeth, get his ear ripped off, and take a beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the year prior, less than a year ago, was thrown off the cage twice. Well, thrown off the cage once and then thrown through the cage uh, after almost dying, uh, winning the World Heavyweight Champion. And when he said that, and I'll, I could, again, in my sleep here, Tony going, I don't put butts in the seats. <laughs> Click. Yeah. That's exactly I'll watch you the other nitro in the morning. I'll see you later. Yeah. And, he, and and that was nuts. And having Stone Cold come in and do the thing and just completely fuck Vince over. And and Foley was the champ. It was yeah. great. It's great. It was a great night. Or it was a great night. And I and again, I will argue that the end of that nitro wasn't that bad. It's a long tour long long term storytelling where yes. Goldberg had gone after and gone through everybody. So they were rebuilding the NWO as uh, literally a machine for Goldberg to go through. Yes. To destroy everyone one by one and become champ again. So I'll defend, I'll die on that hill. You will have to come to the hill and stab me. <laughs> that is a hill I will die and I'm not coming down until you kill me on that said hill. Yeah. Sorry, Craig. I just, nope. I, I, it's a, it, <laughs> um, you know, like earlier, we skipped through. Uh, we didn't skip through. We still talked about it. When we did the Montreal screw job, we're like, yeah, sure. That's. But the, I still find this this night. I find more fascinating than the screw job because we all know the screw. We know why, how, and the the what's about the screw job. This one I find more fascinating because it was work shoot. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was on. It was on free television. Uh, again, this was something you could have sold uh back when because pay-per-view was a thing uh back then uh, a very profitable a very profitable thing for both companies pay-per-view what yeah pay-per-view again again this was it and this was at the georgia dome this wasn't at the omni in atlanta this was the georgia dome where they <laughs> you get uh which looks great on tv don't get me wrong it was phenomenal on tv uh, especially on free TV, but um, that was a in, an incredible night, and what was going on in Raw, and still one of the loudest cheers um to this day uh that you will hear was when that glass breaking and Steve Austin coming out to interfere in the Rock Mankind match, and you don't forget you had trip you had uh DX on the one side and. Vince's corporate corporation on the other side. Ken Shamrock was there. You, 
Billy Gunn, probably the only one still active, hard to believe, uh, was there. And uh, Rock putting over, taking the chair shot, and uh, Mick Foley winning his first world championship. And, you know, people will remember, thankfully, he was, he was remembered for that and not that it was Stone Cold that, that came out uh, with I the chair. I always forget that's coming. Yeah. Like, I won't watch for a while, and I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> Steve came out. The best, not the best part, the best part of Steve's part of it, part in all of this, is yeah. turning around right in Vince's face, just giving him the double bird while Vince is going, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. You, hey, Dewey, Daddy-O did it. <laughs> and mankind did it and achieved his dream and the dream of everyone who was told you can't do it. Yeah. The last good call Michael Cole never, ever did. And they yeah. will never take that away from Mick. You know, he still has yeah. his detractors, which is kind of stupid at this point. Uh, the man's <laughs> proven himself 13 times over, so. Yeah. And the, and he, if, I don't know if you read his, his book, uh, Have a Nice Day, um, but he wins the uh, this day, January 4th, 1999. Uh, he wins the world championship for the first time. Raw beats Nitro for the first time in 83 weeks. He is the world champion, and he's got to go on the road that night. And he's got because back then, kids, you didn't wrestle once a week, twice a week. You were still doing it five days a week at this point, and even though ratings were through the roof. But because of um, where he stayed, driving the next night uh, to the next town, I believe it was in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, uh, to uh, save money because Mick Foley still, even though he was a world champion, still was all about saving that money. So I'm not going to get – if you read his book, which is number one, New York Times number one bestseller, uh, Have a Nice Day, the night he won a world heavyweight champion, achieving his childhood dream, he spent the night in the same bed to save money with the blue meanie. <laughs> yeah, that that's how you celebrate. Yeah, that's how you celebrate, kids. Big time. Uh, listen, if I ever do something that big, I would also want to sleep with Bluebeam. Yes, as would any. He's a nice guy, and I hear he's warm. Yes, <laughs> Brian Heffron. Yeah, he's he's very cuddly. The warm guy. I was gonna say he's cuddly. Cuddly. Quite cuddly. Cuddly. Quite cuddly. <laughs> uh, and that was just uh, that's we've only gotten one day in, yeah, in this week of wrestling history, <laughs> and that's and that was the wrestling story. Yeah, good night, everybody. Uh, January fifth, nineteen ninety six, ECW House Party ninety six. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'll two, say less about this one. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but notable now for uh, who came and who left. Um, uh, Public Enemy uh, defeated the Gangsters. Uh, what would be their last match ever in ECW? Um, yeah. and we wouldn't see them again. And also making his uh ECW debut on uh, defeating Axel Rodden would be the whole effing show. Rob Van Dam. So ECW's um, House Party 96 would end the era 
it would end the era of the gangsters and would usher in the era of Rob Van Dam. Some would say arguably the best wrestler uh, in the history of, of ECW. Not talking best character, you could say Sandman, Raven, all like that. But as far as in-ring work, in-ring talent, um, ECW became quickly became synonymous with Rob Van Dam. Um, someone would say, well, it, it did it ever at some won't even ask him, did ever bother you that Rob Van Dam, for as synonymous as he is with ECW, um, had, why he never won the world championship. And he said no, because what Rob Van Dam did do was elevate the ECW television championship to one of the most prestigious TV titles in all of professional wrestling. Because and half the time he wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he held the belt for a year. Uh, and he never lost it, uh, never lost it in the ring. But the ECW TV Championship, um, and in the tradition of Paul Heyman, uh, wanted the TV title to mean just as much as the World Championship because TV titles were a staple of the 80s because the TV champion was someone who wrestled on television every week. And back when ratings for television wrestling, even on Saturday morning, would get routinely 12 and 13 shares in households in Memphis, in Georgia, in Texas, uh, in the Mid-Atlantic. Their TV championships, their TV champions were were big time. And the amount of wrestlers who were TV champions in respective territories, those were often their first belts. And it would, it's what made the company the company. Um, Ricky Steamboat's first championship was a television championship. Um, Ric Flair's first title was a television championship. Uh, Steve Kearns was. Um, God, who am I thinking of? Who am I missing? Um, Kevin Von Erichs was uh, the world class TV championship because wrestling on TV meant you were the champion. Because the world champion wouldn't be there, or the top title wouldn't be there, but the the NWA TV champion was a guy that had to be respected. Yeah, Dan. Booker T, T first, first championship singles was title. singles title. That's right. Was the uh, the world television championship. So RVD um, became synonymous with ECW, and he elevated the ECW TV championship to a uh, to a must have title. So when he didn't have it, it was a big deal. But he RVD making his debut January fifth, nineteen ninety six. Uh, which brings us to uh, January 8th, 2006, um, a very a big pay-per-view, New Year's Revolution pay-per-view. Um, I believe this was in Kansas, uh, WWE's Elimination Chamber that they had. And think, look at the, the names they had for this Elimination Chamber. Um, John Cena, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, Kane, Carlito, and Chris Masters. One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) But to be in the Elimination Chamber, that means one of those eight men was going to leave as world champion. And as we've now known for the elimination <laughs> chambers, now they're they're guys that are in there were guys that were either former world champions 
or guys that are thinking about putting the title on. So if you were made the elimination chamber, you were one of the guys that the company was looking at as possibly leading the company, as possibly being the man. Chris Master. <laughs> Carlito. My master lock. I would. I, he yeah. Alone, man, you know, I, I'll, I'll give it over Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Just look, on the name, man. I mean, Carlito, you know, Carlito never rose to, to significant heights, but. Because <laughs> he was kind of short. Yeah, but. Yeah. But the charisma, though. Kid, I'm kidding. Better than no, I. Better than Chris Masters. I would have absolutely believed him to hold it for at least a transitional spot, like Jeff. But not Chris. I liked Chris, but I, yeah. Well, I mean, with with Chris, you would you would you it was. I mean, it's the body type, right? You would have you would have said, well, this is the type of person that Vince would put it on just because. Yeah, he looks like Adonis, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, he 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 is he's not good. No, he's not good. <laughs> he's like Chevy Chase and Kadishek. Yeah, you're not. Uh, you're not. You're not good. <laughs> yeah, Danny, you're not. You're not good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of transition champions, well, John Cena would win the Elimination Chamber and uh, become the World Heavyweight Champion for a short amount of time. Because not in less than a minute after winning the world championship in the elimination chamber, Vince McMahon, remember that name, comes out and stops the music because he informs everyone there's going to be a title match right now. And cashing in his money in the bank would be Edge. Edge. What a moment. And Edge... A great moment because Edge became the first man ever to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase on January 8th, 2006. So the rich tradition of Money in the Bank started with Edge 17 years ago. I, I You know, as much crap as we give gimmick matches, I still like Money in the Bank and I still like the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that one. That is my hill I would have. (laughs) Absolutely. I think so. I do too. Um, It's a great concept. Uh, It's made a lot of uh, careers. Um, It's not as big as it once was. I I think that's more, more to do with the wrestlers that they gave it to. Like um, Cough, Baron Corbin, and um, I think they dropped the ball when not uh, when Damian Sandow won it. I still think you could have done something with him, but yeah, when in recent years when guys have won it, it's it's not a it's not a as big a deal. Austin Theory is a perfect example of that. Who gives a fuck about Austin Theory? Me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not, not bad, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, uh, seventeen years ago this week, um, Money the Bank was cashed in. Uh, Edge became the first man to ever do it. So, thank you, Edge. Also, uh, on the same date uh, today, as a matter of fact, uh, sixteen years ago—hard to believe—but one of the greatest uh, documentaries ever on professional wrestling came out. 
Um, it's, it was done another uh, um, WWE even put out their own version of it. But uh, for my money, this one uh, still held, held up, holds up uh, because of the subject matter. But 16 years ago today was the official release of the Heroes of World Class DVD. Um, said many times on this um, very show, uh, World Class has a how influential it was in professional wrestling, how it was the the largest territory in the in the NWA. Um, the monster ratings you had um, three rock stars as your 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 lead baby faces. The Von Erichs were synonymous with professional wrestling in Texas. Um, I mean, they were in their matches made the local news after after big events. Um, and they were gods. Um, and uh, we all know the the history, the story, uh, the rise and fall. Uh, but this documentary really um, put it into perspective from from the people that were there uh, that um, lived it. Uh, everyone from Gary Hart to uh, Bill Irwin to David Manning. Like I said, WWE put out their own version of it, and they had access to more stars: Michael Hayes, Buddy Roberts, um, that were uh, that could comment on it, and guys that were there: uh, McFoley, uh, Steve Austin. But uh, Heroes of World Class was a um, a very well done, poignant. And, you know, we can't talk about world class without feeling sad uh, so much so. And like, because it's a story that's been told over and over again uh, to the point now where there's going to be a major motion picture called Iron Claw that will come out uh, later this year. Um, uh, starring Holt McElhenney, who uh, is going to play Fritz von Erich and making his feature film debut as Lance von Erich, one Maxwell Jacob Friedman. So cannot wait for that. Um, always been a big Zach Efron fan. Zach will be playing the oldest brother Kevin. Uh, and if you've seen stills of his uh, shots from the set, he looks incredible. Um, but this is something I, I can't wait for. And we talked about world class so many times, and his story's been told over and over again. But it's a, it's the a reason because it's a story worth telling. You know, it's 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 movie quality um, storytelling. And what World Class did every week, the innovations they did in professional wrestling, uh, they were the first to put cameras at ringside. They'd have a camera in the ring for ring introductions. The Sportatorium was the only professional building in the United States built specifically for professional wrestling. Uh, it housed some of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Anyone coming through that uh, that wrestled there. Uh, the amount of Hall of Famers is staggering, and you, it's like almost like it's like Memphis. You weren't anything unless you came through world class at some point. Uh, it meant meant you were something, and it made you were meant you were meant for something if you went through uh, world class. And the names are endless: Stone Cold, Mick Foley, Rick Rude, um, Booker T, uh, Jimmy Garvin, uh, Ric Flair. Uh, Endless the uh, the amount of memories that were there and the people that remember it watching it every week, and I remember seeing world class when growing up in Philly when you all you had was the WWF uh, wrestling on Saturday afternoon. But you seen world class for one week and it's like man, 
this hamburger arena shit sucks compared to what happens in world class every week and the crowd going crazy every week and turning out and loud and just raucous and something always happened and that was world class but the heroes of world class dvd came out uh 16 years ago uh this week 16 years ago today 2007 and that gentlemen and ladies is this week in professional wrestling as of this recording it is three minutes to 10 o'clock on the east coast mm-hmm. on tuesday january 10th 2023 and apparently we're gonna give it three minutes there is more big ma- there's more major news about the wwe coming out tonight what so we're gonna try to vamp for three minutes how are we gonna do that why i don't know why <laughs> i'm waiting till 10 i just and where are we hearing this 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 stuff every there's every wrestling journalist right now on twitter has been saying major news imminent i don't know if it's a work i don't know if it's show wise i don't know if it's sale wise i have no it's idea it's gotta be sale wise gotta be I I don't know if it's bullshit, but there's a lot of wrestling journalists that are like, oh, hold on. Sean Ross Sapp. Let me look up Sean. Are they waiting for NXT to be done? Oh, fuck off. Oh, fuck off. No, not you. I'll See, I should have checked him in the first place. One guys, one of the hot rumors <laughs> is that Saudi bar buyers are interested in WWE. You mentioned that earlier. All the vague tweeting. I've been told all the vague tweeting is about. Wait, let me reiterate. This is one of the things I've been told. All the vague tweeting is about. Uh, apparently, it is. Yeah, it's going to be within the next week or two, like you said. Like it, it, imminent means it's coming, not tonight. So we don't have to. I only but, said that because usually when we record the show the next day, someone dies or something big happens. So, <laughs> well, yeah, well, but it, it gets back to what we were talking about, right, guys? I mean, this, yeah, quick sale, make a quick sale. You can probably get in and out without any help. I mean, it'll be, it won't be any worse for Vince. <laughs> That's yeah. what it's, that's what it, that's He'll be fine, it, you know. I mean, if it's just, I want to be chairman of the board when WWE is ultimately out of McMahon control. Yeah. I guess. Fine. <laughs> you know, it's a little silly. It's a little silly to put yourself in legal jeopardy just so you can still be the owner of WWE. <laughs> you know, when you sell it. But... Well, it goes back to what we said. He doesn't have anything else. Yeah. It's been his whole life. No, I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just saying, in his mind, I need to be doing this or I'm going to die. And uh, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Again, it's weird. It's, it's, It's just a weird power play move that was unnecessary. Really, in the end, end of the day, it was unnecessary. If you didn't like the deal that your management team negotiated, vote against it. Yeah, yeah. Don't approve. There's other ways of doing it. Yeah. 
You don't mean you had all you had all the power now. You don't have any more power because now no, you're executive wanted, chairman. Yeah, he just wanted to be there. We know we we discussed it. So he just needs to be there because he's an egomaniac and he gets away with everything. Uh, with that being said, uh, non e, non e, never mind. Chris, where can people follow you? <laughs> Jesus Christ! You can follow me on Twitter at Omega Squad. Craig. Uh, you can follow Chris on Twitter at Omega Squad. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram at Craig Lagon, C R A I G L I G E O N S. You can follow Chris at Omega Squad. You can follow Craig at Craig Lagans. I'm not spelling it. And you can follow me at DanLaw83. Not that I can't spell it, it's just that I barely tried to say ego and I can't get that word out. So I'm not going to try to spell your name. When English has left my face, uh, I'll be all social media platforms. Dan Law eighty three, go to YouTube, edited videos. Dan Law eighty three live on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. Uh, every other day, I'm going back to every other day because God damn it, I'm exhausted. <laughs> Not enough people watching this for me to do it every day anymore. I'm happy with that. It's a, it's, I love this hobby. I've learned to edit videos. I learned to produce audio very well. Uh, I'm, I'm happy. And I got, an, I got another side job that I'm going to get paid for. So everybody's saying, who are you? Uh, get paid. Yeah. That's who the F I am. Yeah. That's who the fuck I am. Um, <laughs> thank you, Chris, for joining us. Uh, Derek, thank you got speed wherever you are. Hope everything is okay. <laughs> And uh, we'll see you in two weeks. And until then, for God's sakes, keep it on the paper. <laughs>